0: Today we celebrate Spy Wednesday, traditionally called Spy Wednesday because it's the day when Judas went to the Pharisees to find out how he could, what he could get for betraying our Lord. And then at this scene is preparing himself to go to the Pharisees to hand Christ over right after the Last Supper. I want to talk about today on what was the motive of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus Christ. What do you think the reason what it really came down to in his heart on why he betrayed the man he once believed to be the Messiah of Israel? I just came back from Minnesota last week Well, this week, and on the way back, I decided to watch a movie. And so I found a movie called The Devil Made Me Do It, and it's all about an exorcism. That would be pretty cool to have a priest watching a movie about exorcisms in front of everybody else. On the plane, it did raise some eyebrows. Definitely, it was uh, interesting though, because I didn't know it was based on an actually true story. In Cincinnati, there was this young boy about nine years old who came under some curse, but became allegedly possessed at that time. And as the possession, as the exorcisms were going through with the priest, local priest there, it wasn't really working. And he had his older sister who was dating a man who was very close to them. And this man was kind of a protector of the boy. So at one point in one of the sessions, he said to the demons who were attacking the boy, come into me, take me instead. Well, that little boy, from what I heard, he got better after that. But number one, you never invite a demon into yourself because they always hit you at your weakest point. And it was weeks later where that young man, um, Arnie Johnson, who had invited the demons into himself, in one day in a brawl with a, just a friend, ended up pulling out a knife and stabbing him to death. They found The cops found him like two miles down the road walking with blood on his hands saying, I think I just hurt somebody, but kind of in a delirium. This was one of the first cases, the first murder to ever happen in this town. And it really became sens- sens- sensationalized because he said, the devil made me do it. This was a guy who had no record before of violence or getting in trouble with the law. And the whole movie goes on the premise of you know, him being exercised after that. But the question is, is, is that what happened to Judas? the Judas, the one who Christ himself called a son of God the devil and a son of perdition said even did I not choose you all even though one of you is a devil and said that when Judas took the morsel from Christ this night on the last supper the devil entered into him and he went out and it was night so was this just an act of the devil how does it really work in this betrayal well I think there's something much deeper something much more familiar To all of us, I don't think it was exactly a possession that caused Judas Iscariot to just go out and betray our Lord. I think it was a much deeper possession that had hold of him, which was an idea. Judas had an idea about how Israel should be saved, and he followed Jesus at the beginning when he was still good and honest and zealous for the truth. But when Jesus's ways of redeeming Israel began to contradict what Judas thought he would be, that's when the devil began to enter him. That's when he became possessed by an idea that God's ways were wrong. And to me, that sounds much more familiar than having a demonic entity enter into me. That's why they say you've got to be very careful with what ideas possess you because we do not possess ideas as much as ideas possess us about who we are, what our life should be, what the church should look like, how God's grace should work in my life, in other people's lives. And when Christ doesn't respond the way that I think that he should, well, then we come to a crossroads to surrender to the Lord's way, or to betray him or to deny him because I truly do not recognize him. It is a very foolish thing to think that the more time we spend with Christ, the holier we become. It's precisely in the presence of the Lord that we ourselves can become devils. Judas himself was with our Lord for three years, chosen by him. And he came to the crossroads in his own heart to follow the Lord's way or to go to his own place. And the difference between him and Peter, both who denied Christ, Peter was able to transform his idea about who the Messiah was, even after he betrayed him three times. Judas refused to, to come to a place of repentance. The closer we come to Christ, our hearts can actually harden when our expectations of who he's supposed to be in our life and in the church doesn't line up with what we projected. And that's when the temptation to betray him truly is. The demonic possession that took over Judas is one that will always be with us until the end of time. And it is primarily the temptation to believe that our ways are better than God's ways. And when God does not line up with my vision of how the world should be, how the church should be, how our moral teachings should be, how God's grace in my life should be when I'm fighting against sin and he allows me to fall over and over and over again. Then the temptation, maybe God is not God. There's a great Judas diabolical spirit that is little by little overcoming even the great church members and leaders of our church, especially in Germany. It is a spirit of Judas, a betrayal of the teachings of our faith, the scripture and tradition that will remain unchanging until the second coming of our Lord. And what is happening in our times when we have bishops, apostles of the church, blessing same-sex marriage, promoting transgenderism, and even saying that the priesthood is no longer necessary for the church one that is taking on the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. You can be sure the spirit of Judas Iscariot lives on in the church. And it is a spirit that will be with us till the end of time. And these are bishops. These are priests. These are those who hold Christ's own body in their hands. Whom he obeys every time they speak the words on the altar. We fool ourselves to believe that we become holier just by being in the presence of Christ. Holiness only comes through humility. That I submit myself unto death the death of my own ego, the death of my own thoughts, the death of my own projections upon our Lord, on who He should be, and how my life should be, especially when it stands in contradiction with reality. I want to read a final passage from Garlugu, excuse me, from Lagrange regarding the life of Christ. It says. Let us be perfectly clear about this. Betrayal of the divine touches us all. What can I betray? That which has entrusted itself to my loyalty. God did not reveal himself merely by teaching a truth, giving us commands to which he attaches consequences, but by coming to us personally. His truth is himself, and to him who hears, he gives his own strength. Again, Himself. To hear God means to accept Him as He is. To believe means to accept Him in truth and loyalty, no matter what He calls us to. The God we believe in is the God who comes into heart and spirit, surrendering Himself into human hands. He counts on the loyalty of that heart, the chivalry of that spirit. Why? Because when God enters the world, he puts aside his omnipotence. His truth renounces force, as his will renounces that coercive power which would set the consequences immediately after every deed. God enters the world defenseless, a silent, patient God. He emptied himself, taking the nature of a slave. All the more profound his summons to the believer. Recognize an unassuming God and be loyal to defenseless majesty that has placed himself at our disposal. And yet, aren't there many days in our lives on which we sell him against our best knowledge, against our most sacred feeling, in spite of duty and love for some vanity or sensuality or profit or security or some private hatred or vengeance? Are these more than 30 pieces of silver? We have little cause to speak of the traitor with indignation or as someone far away or long ago. Judas himself unmasks every single one of us. We understand his Christian significance in the measure that we understand him from our own negative possibilities of what we can become in our own life. And we should beg God not to let the treachery into which we constantly fall become fixed within us. And this is the line. The name Judas stands for established treason betrayal that has sealed the heart preventing it from finding the road back to genuine contrition to remain fixed in our ideas when they come in contradiction with jesus christ and his truth that is the warning that Judas gives every single one of us. Let us heed it.